0: Hey, fiends of the pod! It's your host Nate Wyckoff. Reminding you to like, subscribe, and share our content with your friends and family. Hey, even if you hate us, share us with your enemies. Also, go to cultingclassicfilms.com and cultingclassicfilms.com/slash-subscribe so you can get our releases of amazing, exclusive cult films uh, on Blu-ray really cool stuff you can get uh, monthly shipments to your door so you can be the one of your friends that says hey i've seen a movie you haven't seen it is a great great honor so thank you so much and here's the episode
1: welcome to cult classic
0: <laughs> all right tad did not give me a thumbs up so i don't know if you guys heard our theme song but yes okay oh love technical things well i can't so if you're watching this on video by the way we have all of our episodes uh new episodes coming out on youtube as well as audio format at youtube.com slash at symbol cult and classic films why youtube decided that they started adding at symbols in the links i i don't know uh but yes at Colton classic films so uh yeah pretty great uh we have new episodes like this one coming out every tuesday at the same time as the audio pod which is 5 a.m Pacific Standard Time every Tuesday. And then we also have classic, never before release video episodes of our old classic episodes every Thursday. So if you join, subscribe and like our YouTube channel content, uh, you'll get two episodes a week that you can watch. It's pretty great. All right, so this is part two of our double feature, uh, which I believe I called Japan America. Uh, it could have been action. I don't know. It could be all sorts of things, but it's a pairing of, <laughs> of Dogazu films, which are uh, effect-laden TV shows. So last week we talked the 1995 feature film Mighty Morphin Power Rangers: The Movie. It was a blast. Uh, much commentary was made about Purple Mel Brooks, and uh, fun, good time was had by all. The difference between that movie and this week's is that that movie uh, was based off the TV series that used footage from an actual Japanese TV show called Super Sentai, but the film, uh, the first Mighty Morphin Power Rangers film, was actually the first entry in the series that was completely shot in, uh, uh, or shot by an American team with uh, American crew, even though it was shot in Australia, okay? So that's kind of a difference between today's, which is Common Rider Zeo, okay? Uh, they use the acronym Zeo because Japan loves weird unexplained uh acronyms uh shortened things uh i think if anybody plays video games i know lots of our listeners do square enix with their jap uh with their obviously the japanese but with their final fantasy series has the most insane uh i think one of the Desidia games was like six words and like several letters that didn't have and they asked the developers what it meant and they're like oh it doesn't mean anything we just thought it sounded cool and you're like okay uh so common writers zo this film <laughs> this film is got some interesting like all of our films got some interesting facts behind its productions from 1993 so it's actually 2 years prior To the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers movie, and its runtime is only fifty minutes. The reason for that is because it uh, was actually aired as a um, as a TV movie, essentially. Uh, When when Japan productions come to the U.S., we generally categorize them into like a series uh, or a uh, a a video, which comes from the day when you'd actually like order videos through um, like manga or Media Blasters or, or cpm something like that uh, when they were in very early morning on sci-fi channel uh, where it would be like there was a movie right which was a theatrical east film in japan and then there was a video which sometimes it would be a 50 minute like mini film sometimes it would be um, two to four episodes that essentially played that were a complete uh, anime there were no more of it and they were actually produced to be that length so this is what we would consider a video from uh, a japanese a Japanese release video, because it, it aired on TV rather than in the movie theaters. Common Rider is not super popular in the US, but it is uh, massively popular in Japan, and we will definitely dive into its origins and its its current status uh, among anime, manga, and uh, Takahatsu fans. But first, I am your host, film critic and comedian Nate Wyckoff. We also with us today have Tad Mastroianni. How are you doing, Tad? I'm transforming. You're transforming. It's very, yes. we, it's very Kafka-esque in a very anime way. Uh, <laughs> Mandy, uh, Mandy Longley is also with us. How are you doing, Mandy?
2: I'm invisible today.
0: You're invisible. For the if you're YouTubes. watching.
2: <laughs> if you're watching <laughs> her on the YouTube,
0: her background is present and she is present, but she has yeah. gone translucent. Uh, I'm, it's I'm in only... my
2: like. It's is my like. Writer was his, oh, like. Uh, I'm in in the hibernation mode under the mountain.
0: Yeah, I'm just going true. very Every...
2: method for this one. Like, um...
0: <laughs> that's right. I have to yeah. say, like, waiting for we'll the, talk about the, it, the but...
2: watch to to click over and
0: tell yeah, them, like, there, Go there's a there's a moment that looked, it looked very peaceful, <laughs> um, very peaceful. So, common writer, let's the basic of the series. Common writer is that there is uh, there are a lot of different versions. So, common writer Zio is sort of its own beast, but they all pull from the same concepts and mythology. Uh, common writer means uh, uh, often known as masked writer, which is is kind of the translation, uh, is one of those superhero-y shows where some guy is transformed into a a masked, armored superhero and fights uh, really weird, sometimes often insectoid monsters that are in those awesome rubber kaiju suits. Uh, however, unlike a, a kaiju that we kind of are familiar with here which are like usually very large right um, godzilla um uh, rodan you know lots of these lots of ultraman enemies right where they are super big and topple buildings uh common writer tends to deal with ground level like um the sections of super sentai and power rangers that are not uh the final forms right there's always uh, a final form in in power rangers where the monster becomes giant and they have to get their big megazord voltron-esque robot to fight it there's not as much of that in the common writer universe okay they fight on the ground it is bug themed so common writer is usually sort of grasshopper like um in his costume big big eyes Um, little antennae, and he usually rides a motorcycle. Uh, His designs, I think, are pretty great. Uh, And then it also is really about the enemies. Just like Ultraman, the enemies are sort of key to the Common Rider series. They're usually bizarre, monstery, lots of special effects, uh, and that's kind of what makes it awesome. They're very action-centric, although especially this series does have a lot of plot. Um, I think in the U.S., the best thing to compare it to would be Ultraman. Right and the various Ultraman series. So, common writer Zeo from 1993. I'm going to quickly go over the plot, and then we'll dive into a discussion about it. So this one has our lead character uh, wake up, as Mandy said, in sort of a, a a mountain cavern that's very enclosed, with like, it looks kind of damp rocks and, and tree roots. Uh, and he has this like watch thing, and it wakes him up. And he doesn't really remember much, but he's supposed to go protect this child and he gets visions of this child so he runs to protect this child and sure enough a really spooky disgusting live-action guy, esque monster is trying to kill this kid it seems uh and common rider as this this guy in the mountain turns out to be transforms into common rider and fights this monster saving the boy and the movie follows this monster actually follows common rider uh, and the boy as they run away from this creature. Uh, it ends up being, you're gonna guess you're gonna have to help me with this plot here shortly. Um, it's the monster is actually the creation of the boy's father, and and it kind of went wild as sort of a, a mutating uh life force, sort of it's sort of like an AI gone wrong story. Uh, and then of course, there's there's a big battle at the end, and uh, you know, and 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 Common Rider wins everyone's safe and then Common Rider rides off into the sunset it's not much of a spoiler to say that that is kind of the the way that these stories tend to go uh but there's some there's some twists in here the reason I say that I'm gonna need some help with the plot it's not even that it was difficult I think to follow really that it's not a complicated plot but it's more that in full disclosure and this is not a reflection of the show I fell asleep partially through this movie and i had to i so rarely do that but you know we've launched our our new film releasing and it has been crazy hectic if you don't know what that is go to patreon.com slash cult and classic films um and you'll be able to subscribe if you like for cheap and get like really great special edition uh, or standard release cult films delivered directly to your door that you cannot get anywhere else. They're really cool, really low budget, really wild. Uh but anyway, I've been doing that, so it has been exhausting and I fell asleep. I tried to rewind, which I did, uh and yet somehow I must have missed various pieces throughout it and I don't I just don't I couldn't make all the connections. Uh so we'll find out how how much that is my mistake. And I believe I didn't
2: fall asleep and watched it twice. And I think that I might still have some trouble.
1: Okay, I, was gonna I, say, I, I don't think you missed much, Nate.
2: I don't. I mean, I went back and rewatched some things to be like, I don't know what's going on. Uh, so, yeah, still don't. Still, still don't so, know. I,
0: <laughs> so I think that if I, if I, if I, what I piece together is that so the little boy that's that's being hunted, he is being cared for by his grandfather, and the scientist who ended up being. The one that had built the the monster that's hunting them uh, is actually uh, it, it's the kid's father, and they the grandpa I think thinks he's evil. He's like something happened, and my son became evil, and like so he doesn't want anything to do with him. And I believe in at the end that you kind of find out that the dad wasn't evil, but that this creation he did sort of evolved on its own, and then sort of took over and sort of control things. But it's unclear because we get flashbacks of the dad sounding kind of evil. <laughs> So I I don't really know, and there's probably a reason for this. Um, the reason is is that this was supposed to be a feature length film, and it was being uh, heralded as a new sort of darker take on Common uh, Writer, and uh, I mean it sounded fantastic. But what happened is is that eventually the the distributor or, or the the you know Common Writer owner owners got cold feet about possibly losing money on it. So what they did is they said, ah, eh, hack it up. Uh, don't finish the rest of the filming. And we will use it as like a double feature for uh, for a TV anniversary release. And that's exactly what happened. So the, the original cut was about 90 minutes long. And I really wish that, if anybody knows where we can find this extended cut, um, let us know right into info at coltonclassicfilms.com or on our Instagram or Facebook, Colton Classic Films. So because it actually seems like it would be kind of interesting. The reason, there's several reasons they say they cut it down. Um, A lot of people online, or a few rather, were saying that they cut it because they were afraid kids wouldn't be able to follow a 90-minute movie. That's hot garbage. Um, (laughs) Many films, including Japanese films for kids, are 90 minutes and sometimes more and this is 1993 this isn't ancient history by most people's memories um so that's just not the case uh the more feasible reasoning was because they were running it on tv and didn't want to do a 90 minute tv spot so instead they cut it in half and did a uh and did it as a double feature with another common writer uh you know film or video video film and as as they would say in, in the animated home movies. So, that's the story with why this movie feels hacked up. It is hacked up. I want to give some shout-outs to some of the coolest frigging monsters ever. Uh, the Spider-Woman, which has made numerous appearances in various forms in *Common Writer*, is straight-up terrifying. Uh, I mean, was anybody surprised to see that, that moment? I... I was. I didn't know Spider Woman's character would be in this. And this is not of the American Spider Woman. This is a monstrous spider with a woman's upper half with a mouth that opens halfway through her head and has tons of teeth and insectile pins. Really freaky. Um, I I don't... I think it's funny that there was supposed a discussion that the film would just be too long for kids and not maybe too terrifying for kids uh, because the spider woman is straight up i've heard her called the scorpion woman online too but that's that's a rarer thing i don't think that's very accurate uh she's straight up horrifying tad you did you notice that god
1: bless japanese design and (laughs) practical effects holy Mm -hmm. shit i mean you you know i i um... I sang the praises of Boxer's Omen and its practical mm-hmm. practical effects, despite the fact that that movie was one of the grossest things I'd ever seen in my life. But it just goes <laughs> to show like the plot didn't make sense for this, but yeah. I absolutely uh, enjoyed the practical effects and this, chewing everything up despite the fact that this was clearly low budget for the era. And by the way, when I was watching this, i got i got I got a vibe. I got a vibe of something that we watched before. I just can't put my finger on it, Nate. It's like an anime where someone goes into a basement, smashes up a, a, a scientist trapped in some side, sort of underground bunker with a, with his brain trapped in like either a computer or something. Right.
0: I believe Help you're talking here. about. I believe you're talking about the uh eight. What is it? Eight Man after. What is it, eight? Eight Man something. Um, it's it was a reboot of, a a, a famous black and white anime and we watched it and i know exactly why you're having trouble finding it in your brain because it was well animated but not particularly memorable but i believe that is the one
1: yes and you know what else it reminded me of that ran almost at the exact same time this did in japan hmm. huh, it, it it's almost similar to that whole dr jirou timeline from dragon ball z where someone was trying to create the perfect life form
0: funny how that all works out huh Yes, just a coincidence, I'm sure. Yes, yes, it is. Uh, <laughs> it is. It, this this is not a new. This is not a new concept. Um, there are uh, so. Yes, this is why we watch, um, this kind of Takahatsu, you know, film. Uh, it is. It is just straight up awesome action with big practical effects and in the u.s we just don't get enough practical effects anymore um it's one of those things where they sort of were like oh 3d and as we're seeing now with releases like um uh you know disney marvel's ant-man and wasp and quantumania and uh warner brothers the flash we're saying that people are pushing back against what's starting to feel cheap with CGI effects. And of course we're seeing that uh, there's a reason for these sort of cheap cheap looking unsatisfying effects that come with 3D right now. Uh, And we're seeing it in the way that Marvel uh, special effects artists are unionizing uh, because they're being forced to basically work long hours and turn out a ton of content in too little time. And it leads to these questionable looking shots you know for a tv show they would be quite impressive but for a multi-million dollar film we we really expect more as an audience and in fact i watched i unfortunately I wish i could remember his name but a special effects man who worked on uh on marvel productions etc said that the way that these companies typically bill because you know if you watch through the credits on one of those films um, you'll see like a bunch of different visual effects companies worked on it. It's not just like one, you know, industrial light and magic. It's like a stack of them in the credits. They, they basically build by volume of scene instead of complexity of scene. So Marvel production will say, okay, um, we have, you know, we have 96 scenes of uh, special effects that we need done by a third party um, who, you know, and they they just like you're getting your house painted or something or, or or construction done. They do a a they throw in wide net and these companies go to them and say we'll do it for this much a scene we'll do it for this much a scene. Well, it makes no friggin' sense, right? Because one scene where you know maybe a, a guy is transforming into armor and flying through a planet uh, might be a hell of a lot more intense than the scene where the guy's in the kitchen and uh you know in Terminator two. Uh, the guy gets stabbed through the milk carton. You know that's a lot smaller, a lot less intensive than the planet. Yet the time and pay is the same, which is complete madness. Uh, it is, it is a a a money game run amok that has radically ruined our effects. So that was a tangent in a way, but that's why we're seeing this sort of. I think we are seeing in the United States a a yearning these kind of practical effects over you know
1: you know nathan we had these discussions back um i believe it was 2014 2015 when the new star wars movie was coming out and everyone was like man it would be nice if we saw some practical effects and jj was like we're gonna have practical effects all up in this bitch and uh no he really didn't (laughs) especially because one we're going to experience a severe competency crisis when it comes to practical effects because most of the people who did it um are going to age out die or not pass on their knowledge and mm-hmm. who's who's who are you going to pass it on to because there's no money in it anymore you know never mind that <laughs> we've we've come full circle it's the korean animation studio bit from clerks the animated series yes. korean animation car, studio how can that be yeah
0: <laughs> no yeah. i mean you're not wrong it, it is it and i mean hopefully places like japan where practical effects are more uh, clearly uh they're they're just more appreciated uh, at this point because they haven't died out now even in 1993 common rider zeo there are some three-dimensional effects but they're it's wonderful to see that they're not heavily used right um because what, what we do see is antiquated of course um but it sort of makes sense because You can make, yes, people like it's more expensive to do practical effects, kind of, it is. But you have to think about it in terms of, but when you build a suit, yes, you have to fix it. Yes, you have to have multiple copies of it, all these things. You also don't have to involve all of those post-production animation studios. And so there are viable ways to do it. And we're seeing, why do we know that? Because there are really excellent small budget films that are trying to bring it back, such as Psycho Gorman from Canada, which I'm sure we'll we'll cover on this pod because it's a delight. Uh, But these things are coming back in a way. And I agree, however, that we have a a talent deficit in this country because the focus has moved so far away from it. But, you know, it's clear that the audience is getting bored with 3D, uh, with, with CGI. And it's not, and I'm sure that there's plenty of, Progress and improvements that can be made, and beautiful things can be made with CGI. I mean, I think um, Valerian was a great example where the CGI was mm-hmm. stunning. Um, but you know, you had it's just Valerian. not. I did. Uh, I did. <laughs> I, I love the movie.
1: <laughs> I feel I. I sometimes I feel like I need to rewatch it just because I didn't. I don't feel like I emphasized when we did our review that I said this movie came out at the wrong time. It yes. was literally
0: one of the worst
1: times for that movie to have come
0: out. It was. Holy it was. shit. Can you imagine if it came out before, like er, like right before Phantom Menace? Uh, I think it would have been, I mean, granted, it's, you know, that's much older, but it would have been Elder. snapped up. Hell, uh, dude. I think even in 2010, it probably sure. would have hit
1: different than in 2017. Mm-hmm. At that point right. where the MCU had already been running for nine years. At that point yes. and the appetite for sci-fi wasn't great. Like the appetite for sci-fi was probably higher in twenty ten. Especially sure. because Star Trek was starting to peter out and someone was like, Man, I really could use some sci-fi. And then at some point everyone's like, Oh well, I guess sci-fi's never coming back.
0: Well, I mean, we get what? We've we have like little twinges of it, right? Like like yeah, the westerns. But that's right, Dune, and I urge everyone to see the sequel when it comes out. And if you haven't watched the original, watch it. It's uh, I I enjoyed it. We talked, Mandy, and I talked about it on this very pod. So, okay, back to *Common Writer* Zio. Yes, I agree, Tad. The practical effects are stunning. Mandy, what did you think of *Common*? You watched it twice because the first time you watched it with with no subtitles, correct?
2: Oh, you're gonna tell everyone? Yeah, no, I, I flubbed. I flubbed. <laughs> And uh, I was like, what is this movie that Nate sent to us that is in Japanese, which I do not speak at all? And uh, there are no subtitles. So I guess I will just figure out what is going on by context. Oh, so wrong. Like, (laughs) (laughs) impossible. (laughs) Absolutely impossible. Although I will say, when I went back and watched this second time, like, there really were probably only five to seven minutes of actual dialogue that told you what was going on the plot so it's not like I missed a huge amount for the context (laughs) (laughs) and and it was still really confusing and I don't feel like I missed all that much compared to the two of you because you still can't describe the plot
0: the only thing the only, the only thing i think you would miss is the context of what the characters are to each other because i think if i watched it without well i mean subtitles... I, I
2: clearly understood that the old dude and the really young kid were rick and morty i mean <laughs> that was very oh, obvious from watching it without oh, subtitles.
0: I, I will never be able to look at this movie the same way again <laughs> um That would make me so happy is now speaking of rick and morty of course is is returning i say i say soon that's a in the rick and morty land soon is a very uh malleable time frame but they are doing the uh the rick and morty anime series um that that sort of was inspired by the anime shorts which if people haven't watched the rick and morty anime shorts they are a true delight they're samurai films it's and you can tell that the the love for uh, you know lone wolf and cub essentially and things like that are are, are ripe. It, it's beautiful but anyway back to this yes uh the old man and the kid rick and morty the japanese rick and morty i am a big fan of that i think i would have assumed that uh common writer's character in his human form was the boy's brother if i didn't see it with the text because i otherwise i like because here's the thing of course yeah. this movie I, was intended i think
2: i assumed it was like He was some kind of superhero. I didn't know why he was trying to help the kid. Um, But clearly, like, he had information that the kid didn't have. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, whoever that kid's, like, crazy uncle was, they were doing, like, really questionable science experiments in the backyard and (laughs) garage.
0: Yeah, so there's a lot of extra things in this movie that are easy to forget because when it was cut down, obviously, we lost a lot of purpose for them for example when a common writer in his human form finds the boy finally he kind of runs after him uh well first he saves him as common writer uh from the monster and then the boy runs home and is like grandpa grandpa uh, like monster trying to get me and he's like ah get out of here Uh, and so then the little boy runs, then Common Rider as human catches up to him. And the boy's like, no, for whatever reason, I mean, I guess if a random stranger was chasing me and I was like eight or 10 or whatever, I would probably be freaked as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so the little boy runs nearby in the woods where there's like a, a martial arts training summer camp, it looks like. Um, I don't know if it's like the back area of a temple. I don't know what it is exactly. So but, I um,
2: assume that it was like his big brother's like friend group. When i was watching i think it isn't it a
0: sister anything. or is it a brother
2: it, it could have been yeah so
0: there's 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 a, a woman who clearly is supposed to be some kind of female focal character uh if this were to go on to a series um and the brothers they don't they kind of they kind of fight i guess a little bit at one point they really just get their butts handed to them right by the monster who is nearly indestructible like uh, a common writer early on cuts his arm off and his arm regrows these effects by the way i'm not kidding they're i love them they're super fantastic
2: this um, is my favorite monster
0: the it had
2: oh, bat wings for years <laughs> i'm like wings that yes. came out of its head
0: yes yeah you're talking <laughs> about so so the uh the the main monster uh i think I believe is called doris uh and he has had other variations in the common writer series uh various series um he he basically does they could do they come out of his back i think or does he pull them out of his like chest or hands or something anyway he has a a spider creature and like a bat creature and Mm -hmm. uh and they he throws them and they go to attack uh the characters The, the spider creature of course becomes the the spider woman which we've talked about and the bat creature becomes this bonkers bat creature that mandy's talking about um who is really great Big like bestial limb, like limbs that grab on to to uh, characters and hoist them into the sky. Very, you know, Bram Stoker's Dracula, Uh, or uh, but he has wings sticking
2: out of his head.
0: He does head wings. Doesn't
2: Um, he like shoot things out of his arms too? I
0: I, I'm gonna be honest. This this went in this (laughs) the the characters the the monsters sort of blend together for me. Um, not because they look similar, but because their powers are irrelevant to what they are (laughs) in some ways like um you know like the main yeah like the main villain is you know he's a big he's a big gooey alien looking creature like that's okay like i i get it like he's a monster there's nothing else to describe him as really um but then the other two are obviously spider and bat inspired and so when they do things i'm like oh oh like the, the like the spider woman drags the 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 girl who somehow related or or to the boy and the boy into like a pocket dimension of some kind um that is something to my knowledge spiders do not do uh on the regular so i don't know where this comes from uh i don't know i don't know what the the, so it's just yeah like you said and then the bat creature shooting things and having wings out of his head just unclear uh, but the design is, is great, and the director is credited with actually doing the designs for these creatures. I, I don't believe he built them anyway, but uh, the director is really accomplished uh, in uh, these films, not just Tonkatsu films, but um, Keita Amamiya, uh, and has done, people will who, who know Japanese uh, sort of anime-esque action movies will know. Uh, Zerum 1 and 2 were written and directed, by um, Amamiya and uh, uh, Cyber Ninja from nineteen eighty eight has you know which uh, is a lot of fun. There's just, I mean, go through, go on IMDb or some other uh, repository of uh, you know film information that has a good selection of Japanese films. Look up Common Writer Zio and then check out the director because Amamiya has some of the coolest, wildest uh, film projects. I, I honestly, there's not a single film and the entire uh, catalog he's worked on that I do not want to see. Uh, they are just banana sandwich. Uh, this, So this film is, as we've talked about, right? It was cut down from 90 minutes. It was moved from a theatrical release to a TV release. And it was with these characters and the fact that Common Rider drives off into the sunset at the end on his motorcycle, it was 100% intended originally to spawn a new series. And this is kind of, how they're often done right it's basically like an old tv movie in the u.s that was supposed to spawn a series and never did it just stands on its own but usually the end has some sort of buddy setup um that's what this was and then uh the studio lost faith and moved on which is a bummer because uh shin common writer prologue uh not the same as the recent shin common writer film that came out uh which we're gonna talk about because it's awesome the reason that this was done is because Shin Kamen Writer had a much darker take on the character, uh, which was always very kid friendly um, and still fairly kid friendly, I think uh, it's it, it, maybe they wouldn't enjoy it as much or they'd be scared. But that was a very dark take. And so this was intended to follow that up to make a series uh, with that theme. So why exactly where the cold feet came from? I'm not sure, but it is. It is telling that they included all of these things that really of all the things that it looks like they cut out they could have cut out whole characters um, that we see and not really have anything affected because ultimately the the thread of the film is that this monster wants this kid common writer shows up to protect the kid we find out the kid's dad is uh, caused it but also is a repentant uh, in some way I don't know I think the dad also created common writer it's really, I'm not kidding. This is not clear. Who cares? We get to see monsters <laughs> fight, and it's pretty great. Um, the effects, like the there's some, it looks like wirework. Like Common Rider jumps like crazy, and the effects for that are awesome. I don't know if they maybe did a reverse zip line, um, and then and then and then you know uh, digitize it out. I really don't know how they did those. They're really cool, and they look great. Uh, I know that in like fifties. Uh, black and white Japanese uh, sci-fi films like um what was it it was released here in fact (laughs) Mr. Science Theater 3000 did it um Prince of Space which is an absolute delight of a bizarre 50s superhero alien movie uh they have this great effect where the villain is supposed to leap uh, into the background like way up high to like some sort of rafter or pylon in this in this abandoned building and they accomplished it by like either hucking or using a line to pull up a puppet like an action figure they made basically Uh, and because it's going away from the camera you don't have a lot of time to realize how much it is not a person Uh, and it's a a really neat effect and that's what these felt like except that they're much more accurate so i assumed that they were some sort of reverse zipline line work uh to get it but anyway really cool stuff mandy what was your expectation going in, and through your double viewings, what what strikes you as talkworthy about *Common Writer Zio*?
2: It was like, I mean, because you paired this with um, *Power Rangers*. Yeah, *Power Rangers*. Uh, I was expecting, I mean, like I was expecting *Power Rangers*, but like more Japanese, mm-hmm. I suppose. Uh, so I was a little surprised that this didn't have like more of like a kind of superhero save the day on a mission kind of aspect because our hero who kind of doesn't know what's happening and then he sort no. of finds out yeah. at the end like what happened to him and like why he uh,
0: was sleeping in a mountain
2: sleeping in a mountain um or that he was even sleeping in a mountain I'm not really sure he even knew that that was happening until after like I mean he was
0: I mean, I'm oh, convinced again. that this is essentially
2: around, right? Yeah, um, like, this is
0: essentially a, a feature-length, almost feature-length Apple Watch ad, because yeah. the watch guides, it wakes him up, tells him what to do, and he has yeah. to do it without understanding why. It's like, how it yells like at me Dick, to stand Dick up. like a
2: Dick Tracy watch, kind of, because he can, he's also sort of, like, getting visions yeah. of, like, what the watch is seeing, like, if the watch was a camera, kind of, and, like, talking about the song Uh, it's I don't know and then they talk about how the song calms people down like it's a special song I forgot about the song like I don't
0: understand the song
2: (laughs) it was just like chill out like listen to this song it'll make you (laughs) not angry it will save the world uh yeah so I was kind of expecting more of like we know we're heroes we're doing the thing And then fighting lots of monsters. So we definitely got the lots of monsters part. I was super impressed, like you guys already said, with all the practical effects and all the different monster suits. I also really liked the flat, I'm almost a god kind of monster at the end. Yeah. That was like, you created a demigod that is about to take over the world, maybe. I don't know. I thought like the dad like trapped in like this his machine yeah he like merges with the
0: machine and becomes like an uber machine i thought
2: that that was super cool and like i wasn't really expecting i wasn't really i don't know what to expect from the rest of this movie but like i wasn't really expecting that i thought they would find his dad right because it's very big part of what was going on that they were looking for him in the five minutes of dialogue in the movie that's mostly what they talk about how his dad is missing um yeah i don't know it was pretty fun like i've enjoyed anime for a long time i'm very used to the uh the plots that don't really make that much sense and just being more in it for like the visuals and i want to say storytelling but not really like it's more of like, like yeah storytelling in the sense that there's like an emotional response being like give it, yeah, like they do you build
0: characters it, a little bit. You just don't, you, the plot that vote? they're moving through is irrelevant. Yeah, Yeah,
2: like the plot doesn't matter, but there's still like story in the sense that you're feeling things about stuff that's going on um, and there is some like uniformity or like continuation of like the monsters and mm-hmm. getting bigger and more epic and like, you know, they've got like a similar sort of style to them and everything. So I actually found it quite enjoyable. I mean, it's why I bothered going figuring out the subtitles and going back <laughs> and like cruising through to grab like the bits of dialogue that sort of give things context like a little bit um just so that I could have more appreciation for it and have some idea of what Rick and Morty were doing.
0: <laughs> I uh, uh Rick Song and Morty Chan, yes. I I yeah. think I so I, all I can think about when I watch *Common Rider is how much if these shows permeated American airwaves in the way that they are, are much more common in Japan, how much more TV I would watch. I mean, mm. I'm not like really like they just don't have we don't have this kind of you actually the closest thing that I could think of is professional wrestling in a way, because the plots are irrelevant. They're s- super silly um we watch for sort of the bravado and the grandiosity in these goofy characters mm-hmm. um, and the the but of course for me like we have lots of fans who love it I know um you know Adam Thorne who we've had on the pod Mark Mackner. we talked about his um Daisy Jerkins three film uh, they they're big fans of pro wrestling tad has watched mm-hmm. plenty of pro wrestling um, it's uh, just I, I like how you pretend like you didn't do the same thing I you know what's funny I I never <laughs> I mean, I'm going to come clean here I never actually like loved but I did in high school fall in uh, in Wisconsin fall in with a group of kids who were obsessed and started doing their own matches in each other's Backyard houses wrestling mm-hmm. it, it, but inside and they would do it to the point like where every week there were card matchups and they'd play different people and because I had a camera I was charged <laughs> with filming everything at which <laughs> point man. I'm like, and I'm. I don't know if there were any crimes involved because we were all underage at that point. There were strange things for sure. Uh, God knows where those where those tapes ended up. But so I do know. <laughs> I do know a bit about it, and uh, and I do respect it, and I do think it's entertaining. But if they were in the costumes that are involved with these Tonkatsu shows, I'd watch every. I would have everything on lock i would just go for one or the other it'd be like someone who's obsessed with soap operas just every day sitting down watching checking in on all of them it would be totally my jam uh but anyway so yes common writer tad did you have anything that else that came to your mind when you were watching this uh besides the amazing effects which we all love i i
1: um, I really liked the whole subplot once the I don't again I don't know what that creation was uh, that came out of the vat that started to take the form of almost like a Buddhist goddess mm-hmm. and then it I really wanted more of that as a subplot because I was I was like oh is this going to go into some sort of uh, you know spiritual subplot? yeah yeah and it and it didn't and I'm like maybe the extended cut did i'm not sure because isn't that the whole point of uh watching a mad scientist create something which is supposed to be like a higher life form it's supposed to go into some sort of uh, metaphysical context and it 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 deprived me mm-hmm. and i just and and uh I, I, the effects were amazing and it was creepy but also you i felt a little sympathetic towards it and uh it did the the typical thing that you you see in these sort of uh, Sentai shows where uh, everything's either pure good or pure evil. There's
0: almost no in between, and I yes. and uh, I got robbed. Yeah, I, still I, I wish. It, I did too. I I really wish, like I said, I want that ninety minute cut, and for God's sake, I want a TV series because that would be there, there's stuff to explore here. Um, Asao was the name of of common writer outside out of common writer outfit costume Doris. Like I said, is is that artificial intelligent villain kind of thing and uh and zeo does return in a couple of things in a short i believe that that they're directed where he meets another common writer um there is just so much content in the common writer universe there's even an ultraman meets common writer uh short there's tons of films tons of series they're still currently coming out just like ultraman i mean it's it's a big property i i'm trying to figure out why common Rider has not broken into the u.s market more in the way that um you know power rangers i understand because they had a brilliant market of of you know cutting american footage with the japanese footage but even then we have other i mean ultraman has a strong presence um in the united states even if not a huge presence it is known. you know he is known and I don't know what the deal is. It's this, I mean, also it could be timing
1: too because Power Rangers broke into America and became a huge phenomenon. It became a a huge cultural force in the early 90s. That's true. And and then Saban tried to drop in VR Troopers, which I was just thinking of when I started watching this stuff. I was like, oh yeah, I remember watching that too. It didn't hit nearly the same. And ultimately I think it's just that Power Rangers became so popular that nobody would accept a substitute, so Common Rider wouldn't succeed. That's
0: very, very possible. Um although I think
1: Kevin Common Rider did have a Sega CD release in America
0: for it some It as, as a full it's a full motion video game uh, of course it is. Of the film. Of course. <laughs> what else was on the Sega CD that wasn't a Sonic game? Um yeah, well you know Sega CD did have some some No you're right. Um uh... <laughs> It, yes. it had a couple of very famous um, side-scrolling beat-em-ups from Treasure, but that's about it. Uh, I love the Sega Saturn. Okay, so, yeah, that's a good point. Um, I mean, we did get some later entries that tried, like, Beetleborgs. Remember that? Uh, later. like Things like that. So there were other attempts, but I do think Common Rider... I think it could really take off, especially if someone were to do... a were to take one of the series and do like a, like a Power Rangers. You know? Like let's 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 co-film let's film an american section and then just match it to the um the footage uh that we really want to see you know the the battles and stuff uh i actually do wonder though even in some of the other common writers i do wonder if the violence would be perhaps an issue because i'm trying to think of kid shows now and i actually for like the age group of power rangers and as tame as power rangers is by our standards we don't have a lot of combat action shows in the united states for kids right now uh, i don't really know like we have there's a few long-running anime you know um naruto and and this and baruto the spin-off, things like that of course that have combat but this is almost these are almost more aimed at like the saturday morning vibe in the states and i just don't know that we have this kind of action-based programming anymore we're much more in the like millennial humor um talking bears who you know use meme speak like it's just it's very much more in that that vein um, no we just so, we just wait for the uh every decade ninja turtles reboot inevitably it uh, comes out uh we will talk about the new one it's i <laughs> i have i have positive thoughts positive did you go thoughts. you went
2: and saw it uh y-
0: yes, yes I did. what
2: age do you think it becomes appropriate for kids like what what age would a kid
0: i mean i could be wrong because my my scope is way off anymore but <laughs> yeah I we think grew it's up pretty, a little bit weird i think it's pretty appropriate i mean I, I don't think there's anything in fact if anything i think it's the safest of the turtles in many moons um, <sighs> that sounds boring it's it's not sure check check it out i'm not i'm not <laughs> kidding it's it's uh it's it's delightful anyway okay yeah. so common writer let's move into recommendations uh, last thing i want to say common writer started in i believe the 70s uh early 70s um as a show it has since had um you know tons of other things manga video games as we mentioned etc um in fact the united states there recently was a release of like the first i believe it's the first common writer uh manga which is pretty great it's this nice thick volume and the arts delight just awesome uh, so that's cool to check out. There were some other video games that actually made it to the U.S. Um, I believe there were some DS titles. There was a Wii title. I don't think anything past that has made it to an official U.S. release. There were other, there were combat games that look super fun on like the PS3 that you could play, but they're not in English. So any who's-its recommendations? Mandy, would you recommend Common Writer Zeo? And if so, why and to who? I
2: would absolutely recommend this to people who are big fans of anime but like the live action of power rangers rubber suits or just practical effects like you want like something that's not crazy long that isn't mm-hmm. like a big long series and you just want to get a little fix and be like oh i want to see some crazy practical effects that i haven't seen before because there was some wild ones in this mm-hmm. especially in the costumeing. like check this out like you know
0: it's a good one yeah It, uh, I, I'm going to, I'm going to stick with that too. Um, if you like the sort of Ultraman-ish vibe, um, Super Sentai, of course, check it out and check out, there's so much common writer. just go on YouTube. I mean, this is available on YouTube. Um, I'm not sure about the rights, but this is available on YouTube. I think it might actually be available, um, from Bandai officially on YouTube with the subtitles, but it reminds, it sends me back to those early days where you could like mail order, uh anime you know on vhs because it is that kind of short video release that like you said mandy you can take it and just enjoy it on its own and you know that nothing else is really coming out it's just a one one and done kind of fun vibe thing and it, it's actually a pretty good entry point to show you what you can get in common writer uh, universe and then you know you'll only get stuff that's more in depth because of um the the brevity of the century tad would you recommend common writer zeo so why and to who
1: I'm a little torn largely because i think i would recommend it to people who did like the sentai shows in the 90s and wanted like if you didn't see this stuff i didn't i i only tangentially knew about common writer just th- from the fact that we spent a lot of our youth uh around anime and manga, you know, going in Anime Boston and all that. Tangentially, I remember it. But um, I would recommend it more to people who just really enjoy old school practical effects from mm. like late 80s, early 90s, maybe even mid 90s. It's a, it's an interesting use case, I guess. You can look and, and I imagine that there are people who are interested in practic- practical effects who can look at something like this and look at it and go, I think I can reverse engineer that. I think we can build that now. Because it's probably well, easier than ever now to actually get your hands on stuff that you can build this sort of stuff.
0: With the cosplay community, I mean, there's so, there's books on how to use yeah. vacuum forming, build your own. Too. I mean, really, I agree with you. Like, it's it's sort of wild that the technology has never been more attainable for the average person yet the no one's using it no one no nine, one's really Very pursuing few, it. you know, ex- exactly except for except for some cosplayers who really go all out, like the people who rebuilt ninjas uh ninja turtle suits and etc like who who they really could they learn how to do it. Like you said, they reverse engineer it, you know, get some animatronics in there, all that stuff. So you know I think that um that's a good a good recommendation case for this film. I do want to mention <laughs> one more thing before we go about this movie. We were sort of remiss in not talking about the live-action Guyver series, um, the first one uh, actually has a uh, a very small role from Mark Hamill. Uh, but they I are. I watched that one. It was yes. bad. Oh, I loved it. We'll watch it so you'll see. Um, because it's it's a gruesome adult take, and of course Guyver is a manga and a and an anime as well Uh, that's very similar guy guy gets robotic alien suit i think he's an alien suit anyway um and has violent combat with monsters very much the same style uh the movie is a very dark american vibe and then the sequel is a much more uh japanese take uh and and more hyper violent but uh just again the practical effects are truly delightful so there you go if you like this but you want more of a gruesome take then check out the guyber live action films Thank you all so much for listening. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode of Colton Classic Films podcast. Please go to coltonclassicfilms.com, sign up for our newsletter. Uh, If you're listening to this during the month of August 2023, if you sign up for our newsletter, you're automatically entered in a giveaway for uh, 4K digital copies of uh, two-film pack Rio Grande from 1950 and... Uh, east of eden with james dean from 1955 totally worth it stunning transfers and i also did two episodes uh, preceding this pairing talking about them both and how they contributed not just to american film but specifically to cult film in the united states so check those out sign up for the newsletter on cult and join our patreon for releases every month at patreon.com slash classic films i'm your host Nate wyckoff saying sayonara and to play us out as always is the chud with all about evil I'm